Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, y'all. We are back for Supernatural Thursdays. Lilith is back. There's major foreshadowing thanks to Chuck. We've got a special guest Skyping in. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, AfterBuzz. Hey, guys. We are back for Cherry's favorite day of the week, Supernatural Thursday! <laughs> you guys, my name is Lindsay Wagner, and obviously I'm joined by Cherry Davis. We're back for Supernatural Thursdays, and we have Marky and Tarsuk Skyping in with us today. Can you hear us, Marky in? Hey, everybody. Yay! Hey! Guys, we're here to talk about Supernatural. This is Season 15, Episode 5, Proverbs 17.3. And let me just tell you actually what that Bible verse is, in case you don't know. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Pen drop. God is testing us. Chuck is testing us. He isn't my God, thank you very much. Oh, goodness. Is he your God, Markian? <laughs> is Chuck your God? Or are you making decisions right now based on your own personal choices? Personal choices? <laughs> personal choices. I mean, he did choose. We'll, we won't get to that spoiler just yet, but Lilith is back. Chuck is writing the end. He is playing with the boys. There's a hamster wheel going on right now, and and I'm not happy about it. But, Cherry, what were your initial thoughts about this week's episode? The foreshadowing, the foreshadowing, the foreshadowing. And we finally talked about the bullet. Or should I say the premonition in the room? I'm so happy they're sharing what's going on. I've been so excited for Sam and Dean to finally talk and hear it happen. And I know that we've been talking about it in the YouTube comments on the shows. And you guys are like, they can't. This isn't what they do. But here they are doing it. Thank goodness. So glad. Um, Marky, and what was it like filming this episode? Uh, I'm assuming you filmed in Vancouver? It is, yeah. We filmed it in Vancouver. Uh, we were in a bunch of locations, uh, but mainly down, if anybody knows, in South Surrey in the woods. There's a, It's actually a really, really cool place to film. And we were the days that we were filming, we were actually sharing the set with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay. Um, so we were we were we were in at one of the cabins inside of this woods, and then they were just outside of the woods. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about them and do what they're doing, but they had a big, big set for first season. I think they're into two now. So um, it was actually a big hoopla because there were two major sets going on. So we're probably talking about, you know, a thousand people. Oh, geez. <laughs> so as, as intimate as I think the episode looked uh, where we were filming, it was, it was, you know, it was like a carnival on the, on the set for those few days. Wow. That is so yeah, cool. it certain it certainly didn't 
seem like that filming the episode we no. had really really small like scenes there were either two or three people in each scene it was Sam and Dean and the sheriff or the three girls in the tent and then you two in the cabin or the four of you or the five then when Ashley came back it um, was very intimate and such a throwback to the original seasons such a throwback. Well, obviously, they did the throwback with their badges oh my God, being Mark Hamill and Dean Ford and Dean's badge, everyone questioning who he really was. I love Dean every season. He will always be my meat man, boo. Oh, I love I love Dean. I love him trying to eat ghost pepper jerky and Sam warning him that, dude, you can't do it. Like, you can't. You can't. And he sits there chugging water and actually pours water. Like, I loved it. I was like, well, you can take your shirt off right now. <laughs> and we, none of us would mind if you none did. None of us would mind. Did you try the ghost pepper jerky? Was it really ghost pepper jerky? I did not try the ghost pepper would jerky. Would you try ghost I, pepper jerky? I would try it. I wasn't there that day that they were trying the ghost pepper jerky. But okay. if, if I was, I think I would have given it a shot. All right. I like that. <laughs> like to live dangerously here. So we're in Colorado. Big camping trip going on. Uh, these three girls, they do this every year. It's their annual camping trip. And this has come to an end because the other two have a job. And the third one is got her degree in philosophy. And she doesn't know what she's doing with her life yet. And all of a sudden, it becomes that there's mountain lion attacks. And that's what they claim it is. But the sheriff knows it's a real monster. A real monster. A real monster. So they talk to Ashley because her two friends have been killed by this mountain lion and it comes out that she talks about a werewolf aka you me you, yes markian aka andy teeth you have aka andy may yeah <laughs> as as reluctant as i as my character is to do it all it was me yeah was it fun to be in hair and makeup it was uh i i don't i don't want to say yeah because the <laughs> The toughest part about it actually is uh, was wearing the contacts for the werewolves that are actually extremely, for me, not for everybody, uh, uh, uncomfortable. And what they do is they cloud your vision, um, which puts like a yellow film across your entire kind of eye. So when we were doing the scenes running through the forest and where I'm trying to catch Ashley, um, I had to be really, really extra careful because I couldn't really see and it was Ooh. dark. So I was kind of running blind a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it all worked out. I'm fine. So we have a question from the chat. Boundless Book Owl says, did Jared and Jensen try to prank you? Ooh, that's a good question because I hear they do a lot of pranks on set. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't try to prank me no. at all. They were nice no, to you. I, that's what a disappointing you were the newbie. I wish they did. <laughs> I think it's okay because they probably film that and then they hold that for life and they they hold it over you. <laughs> I mean, although it would be pretty cool to get pied by Jensen and Jared, but I know it yeah. would have been so fun. Um, and you've done geeky TV shows before, but this one feels like it's much more active than some of the other roles you've done. Yeah, yeah, this one definitely was more active than a lot of them. It's kind of nice, you know. As an actor, when you kind of get a part that you can metaphorically sink your teeth into a little bit, <laughs> and I think I, this one was that one for me. And it's really fun when you get these guest spots where you get to be a werewolf, some kind of monster, 
uh, those ones are particularly more fun, uh, more fun to do because you get to kind of stretch my abilities. And I think of sure. like what I've done before, cause I haven't played a, played a monster in this way. I've played a zombie before, but not, uh, <laughs> a monster <laughs> with, with thoughts and feelings as it's, deep as Andy had. So, uh, I, yeah, it was, it, it was a treat to do. I think it's fun to play the villain role, but like you said, you have these deep thoughts and concern and actual, you brought, you made the character more humanized instead of just being the monster. So that's a really great point you just made. Yeah. And I think it's way more interesting. I was, I was kind of following along the Twitter feed. It's super entertaining of like the live, the live Twitter <laughs> feed that, that supernatural goes on. Cause I kind of knew what was coming and I knew the story and it, it's a lot of fun to kind of follow along. And I think really, really quickly, uh, viewers were ready to, uh, write, uh, Josh and Andy off as like really, really stereotypical monsters, especially werewolves. Well, Josh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Josh. Yeah. And so, I remember too, even reading the script for the first time, being really pleasantly surprised by Andy's arc because it just added a little more depth and gave, I think, the episode uh, a bit more of heart than than I think what is expected from those types of characters. I have a question. When you auditioned, did you know it was going to be for Supernatural or was it a blind audition? You didn't know what show it was going to be? I did know it was for Supernatural. Um, and the sides that I had for this, uh, audition were pretty similar to what you saw in the episode. Okay. Uh, but there were major rewrites. So there was a bunch of different stuff that I had to do. And what I originally did was I originally auditioned for Josh. Um, oh, yeah. So I went in for Josh, uh, and then, uh, the directors and producers had me come back to read for Andy and then got cast from there. Yeah, I agree. I see you far more as the yeah. Andy character you did such a great job and I think that being able to be the villain and make it where you almost feel sorry for you as well yeah. um, you you did a great job doing that so Andy Thank wasn't bad you. Andy wasn't eating anybody he didn't want to as his he didn't want to Josh. and didn't Richard want, Spite yeah. directed it so how was it working with uh, Richard Richard's uh, Richard's the best he we I think when you're an actor, you we uh, when I say we, I mean Luke, who played my brother um, in the in the episode. We both geeked out when we met Richard because, of course, Band of Brothers is kind of where we know him mainly from. And so we geeked out a little bit when <laughs> in the audition room. And then when we got onto set, he was just the uh, the kindest director that I've one of the kindest that I've come across. Oh, uh, yeah, he was so he had su- he has such an understanding of that show that automatically brings you as an actor into a sense of comfort because on a lot of shows, especially long running shows, most of the directors that come in uh, are there for the one episode and they're out and they kind of like go in and out. And Richard's been attached with this show for so long and knows um, Jared and Jensen to a T that it was, it was super, super easy and um, calm, which is always good on set and he's an actor himself, so he was able to direct us in a way that uh, made us feel super comfortable and I think got the best work out of everybody. Because as a director, when you know what to say to an actor and make that really, really clear of what he needs, uh, it makes the whole process easier for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, he's been around from 
near the beginning. So he's got the ins and the outs and has been with Jensen and Jared for forever. So it's always great when he directs because it feels almost more cohesive. Yes. With yeah. with the other episodes before and after, and he's like paying attention to the to the arcs from before, and just it all it just yeah flows uh, really really smooth whenever he uh, directs. So obviously Ashley uh, needs Dean and Sam to protect her, and this all seems too easy, as Sam says. And they're in the hotel room. She wants Dean to hang out with her before while she falls asleep, and we get. We get her asking Dean questions. Does he like his job? He does. At the end of the day, he's helping people. What would he want to do if he wasn't doing this? Be Jimi Hendrix? Absolutely. But loves being a hunter. Um, and then this is where we get this niblet of truth and foreshadowing. And she says, wouldn't it be great if everything was just planned out for you? It was all decided. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You stop you stop being Chuck's <coughs> little minion. No, 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 no. And Dean says, not really. And I'm like, this is weird. I literally wrote, this is weird. Yes, it was weird. It was such a weird thing to say. Well, did, we did we all knew. I knew something, something was, was up. going on. She accepted werewolves way too easily, hunters way too easily. She was just like, oh, I'm along for the ride. I was like, uh, I'd be in shock, but okay. Uh, maybe she was it like that's like the anti shock. Yeah. Is that you're just like I I'm gonna believe anything at this point. This is all so crazy for me. <laughs> um, she is a philosophy major, so she Dean is woken up by Sam and Ashley is gone, and we find her tied up thanks to Andy and Josh. And Josh is talking about wanting to rip her heart out and eat it. And it, and it's looking so, so gruesome dangerous. for her and dangerous. And I'm like, nah, something this, this still isn't right. They're taking too long. Why are you taking, yeah, you're, you're, you're stalling. Why are you guys stalling? Yeah. Are you waiting for someone to show up? Did you know Sam and Dean were going to show up? Um, As the character, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I think I just I think Andy from the start is like, He's against it the entire time and really, really doesn't want to do it. So I think he's just trying to stall and and find his way into Josh and try to change his mind about the whole the whole thing. Um, because I think to when we were talking about with Richard about these guys, it was that we weren't always doing this. Of we weren't always sure. killing humans. It was it was just recently that we started on this path, and we that's why. If you see in the set, there's just tons and tons of antlers everywhere. Yes. We tra- yeah, we traditionally would be eating, eating deer, and- deer and whatever. And so, but Josh has gotten a little crazy and I know the cabin fever and, and has started going after humans. So then I've kind of followed suit just because he's my older brother. Um, so I think I'm trying to stall and, and stop him as much as I can at that point. Well, and then everything happened so quickly because the boys show up, a fight ensues, which we knew was going to happen. Andy, you're fighting Sam. Josh is fighting Dean, older brother, younger brother. Makes sense. And, you know, Ashley's sitting scared in the corner. And I see you looking at Sam and I'm like, he's not going to kill him. No. You don't have that killer look in your eyes. Um, my mom used to say that about Marines. Like, Marines have this killer look in their eyes. Like, because they've they've had yeah. to kill people. They're first on the ground. And 
you didn't have it. And I'm like, okay, he's going to spare Sam. It's Once again, it's taking you too long. You're hesitating. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's hesitating. And Dean doesn't really look like he's 100% suffering. But you just change the game and you shoot him with a silver bullet. You shoot Josh with a silver bullet. No yeah. questions asked. You're so quick to turn because you're so good. You're yeah. the good guy. And then your speech just like killed me. And I'm like, that's it. This is what's happening. Kill the brother and then kill yourself. It was so weird, especially when you consider what happened last week with a young vampire saying, well, you know, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. It feels very much like Chuck is writing these stories, like the way Ashley said to him, said about him. He's like a low-rent Dean Koontz. Um, and that he's obsessed with Dean, which is true. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting was, did you watch previous Supernatural episodes with werewolves to try and get like a feel? Or did you just sort of take direction from Richard? Um, I think I, I always try to watch... Um, the show that I'm going in for Absolutely. actually before the audition itself, actually. So getting that tone and like what, what I'm looking for in terms of acting and what they're looking for, I get an idea of, and then leading up to, um, going into filming for this episode. Yeah. I kind of watched the end of last season, but of course, like you guys, you guys and the fans are way more of experts than I am <laughs> in every department of this show. Um, uh, I'm just the actor so who gets to play the story out. But um, Richard kind of f- filled us in exactly okay. what's going on. Um, so he gave us that kind of information to help our arc and to kind of explain things. Because when you get a, when you get a script, it, you, I absolutely don't have an idea what's going to happen or what has happened. So uh, sure, because yeah, it's Richard airing. was great at walking us through that. Cool. And uh, so we've got both brothers dead, the foreshadowing of it all. And then this is where the awkwardness comes in. Because I look at the clock on my TV mm-hmm. and I'm like, we are only halfway into the episode. This this all happened way too quickly. Right? Y'all noticed this. I know y'all did. Um, I'm seeing Boundless Book Owl saying foreshadowing. Um, yeah. This all happened too quickly. So what else is going to happen? There's got to be some other thing that we're going to have to deal with. And Ashley trips and falls onto these antlers that the boys have all over the house because they're eating these deer and bucks and anything else. And she goes, pardon my language, this is a... mm." (laughs) And asks Sam if he remembers her, and Dean asks Lilith. (laughs) And here we are, we've got a new Lilith. And she's so stinking pretty, too. She is Such a pretty girl. I was like, your skin, you're so pretty. And you scratched her face. How dare you! (coughs) Surprise Never she, scratch a woman's face. Surprised she didn't heal it off. Oh, I she know, couldn't. But she wanted to look. Um, yeah, she more couldn't like do a it. Damsel in distress. All part of the plan. All part the of the plan. Blown. She was dead in the empty until God brought her back, and she was supposed to seduce Dean. <gasps> Who wouldn't want to seduce Dean? Um, <laughs> and Sam asked her if Chuck sent her to kill them, and she says no. Um, she made sure that the boys saw you. Go crazy, which I think like that even more, making sure that such manipulation and that makes us hate Chuck, uh, hate you, Chuck even more just so that they get that feel and that like 
pit in their stomach knowing this is what we're going to have to do later. She wants the equalizer, a.k.a. the magic gun, because she won't refer to it as the equalizer. And she likes doing it the hard way. And uh, Dean's got the uh, angel blade. Sam has the demon blade, which y'all have been pointing out that Sam is actually going to be ruling hell. Dean is going to be ruling heaven. I would love for it to be the other way around. Yes. At the end of the day, happy ending is the boys riding off in the Impala. And I did see somebody actually ask, Marky, and did you get to sit in the Impala at all? No, I oh. only got to sit in that truck. No. <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> I know. The, 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 the Impala was, was parked right next to us in that hotel, the, the, the inn sure. set. And I didn't sit in it. I should have just gone in. You, you should have. just. Yeah, I we took a couple have. selfies and got out of there. <laughs> um, so Dean obviously is going to protect Sam. She, Dean says that if he's lying, he, she can kill him. And she's like, I don't really want to kill you. And I can't kill you, but I have needs. So he drives Lilith to get this gun. She's died to free Lucifer from the cage. Then Sam and Dean screwed it up. She can't hurt God, but she can hurt them. And the low-rent Dean Koontz, um, they had to see the werewolf brothers die because foreshadowing. Once again, I'm just like, ooh. It's just making it worse and worse because I'm waiting for the moment that this is going to happen because we keep having these dreams. Mm -hmm. And now we're swapping and seeing Dean trying to kill Sam, and Sam's still stopping it. Yes. And I can't figure out if Sam was supposed to be the god or if he was supposed to be the king of hell. Like he was in a white suit, but that means Osmodeus yes. white suit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> You're looking like, uh... You're like, what's going on? <laughs> what are they talking? These crazed fans. You fangirls. Fangirls. Um, yeah. No, it's funny, though, because of, I think with Lilith and that whole thing of how that went down was... She used, and I think our characters of Josh and Andy was part of her entire plan to gain their trust from the beginning and to find them because she knew she they would have to go after werewolves. And so she used us as the bait in order to get to Ooh, them. Good then, point. I feel like Lilith um, made them start doing that. Or should I say Chuck wrote that in the book? Because they didn't start killing until the father died. And I feel like Chuck killed the father to begin that whole domino Ooh. effect. Chuck's horrible. Which, actually, I'd like to ask you a question on that. So, you mentioned earlier that, you know, Dad wouldn't have wanted it that way, and Josh says, well, Dad is dead. Did you make up a scenario for why your dad had died in order to, like, kind of prepare for that emotional moment? Or have a background uh, or anything like that? We, I think we talked about it, but... I don't know if you're asking me because there's two like would you also want to ask like the question or is the the question included like how do I get in that emotional place as an actor as sure. well? Sure. Um, for that kind of stuff, yeah, that one I did probably about uh, but say like ten to twenty takes on that entire speech, um, and and Richard and I did it a whole bunch of ways and cool. uh, there yeah there were. There were ways that I did it and that were kind of more kind of on the tear side. There sure. were times there were other times that we did it colder. And I think what Richard was doing was kind of putting me on the entire roller coaster of uh, 
of emotion. And, and then once you kind of do it so many times as an actor for me is like, it, it just starts pouring out in terms of emotion. So Mm -hmm. that's, I think the process for me at least is if I do have a shot at it more than like three or four times, I think that the, the weight of everything and, and you have Richard in in in, your, in my ear kind of saying your dad's dead your dad's dead you you love your brother you love your brother and that kind of just plays into into my head and then kind of the whole emotion of that scene yeah love that process I'm curious did you guys shoot it in order or do you shoot it out of order uh we shot it completely out of order pretty much oh wow that would have been harder yeah yeah it's tough and you know those days are tough too when you, you're on your 12th hour and, <laughs> and you've been sitting around because a lot of I say set is about 90% sitting and 10% acting. So when you're sitting for that long, it's actually quite exhausting. And then they say, all right, Mark, and you're up, you're doing, you're doing your, you're doing your, uh, your suicide scene. <sighs> and then you, you're, you're expected to hit it right away. <laughs> so it's, that's always, that's always a tricky process to try to gauge how you're going to get to those places kind of on on you know turn of a dime sure well you did a great job you did do a wonderful we, job. we all i felt really bad for you so i did too there was definitely like empathy going through that and i think too built on the fact that i knew that this was had to do with something with sam and dean being a part of all of it as well uh, very cane and able very cane and able once again another <laughs> little part of it so Lilith is going to torture Dean with Ling Chi this Chinese torture method of lingering deaths where she kind of just swipes at him and she like cuts him apart basically and it can go on for forever or near forever and Sam shows up he's able to shoot her with a devil's trap bullet and the boys mention it's not going to hold her long it barely holds her for a few seconds so I was like this is Ridiculous! I thought this was going to be something that would kill her. But Lewis is really powerful. She may not be as powerful as God, but she's up there. And that's what she says. She says, I let you kill me the last time. This time I'm not going to be so generous. All of a sudden we get a rumbling. She pushes the bullet out. The boys are temporarily disabled and can't move, frozen in place. She knows that the boys aren't going to bring the equalizer into the hotel room. She also knows they're not going to leave it at home in case they need it. Obviously, it's in baby. They have it in the glove compartment, which... Terrible hiding Why place. isn't it locked or why isn't it in the trunk or at something? It's in the trunk. Horrible. And the boys are like, well, we'll get it back from you. And she just melts it. I was like, what? That is not the Chuck way. So I looked up the equalizer online and it says... This is the only this is the only thing that could kill God. So now it's gone. And this is it's created a balanced quantum link. So somehow Sam is in Chuck's head, which is what we've known yes. all along. There's a part of them since they both have this hole in their shoulder from the shot towards Chuck. So they've both been kind of connected, which is why Sam is having these visions, which he's realizing uh she disappears. The boys are back in the bunker. They've left notice to Cass. Still no answer from him. Um, and Dean is once again frustrated because God is back. They're left on this hamster wheel of dealing with him. And Lilith is back. 
And Sam asks, why doesn't God just, Chuck, just kill us? Why not? He wants to torture us. He wants to torture them. He wants to just put them through this back and forth, which could technically go on for forever. Forever. They're his favorite (coughs) TV show. Obviously, that's why he didn't want to write a new one. And uh, this is when we get our moment, y'all. Sam tells Dean his dreams and that he's having visions and that he's killing him or they're killing each other and that this is the weird thing that this is how they're connected. So this is this whole, that's how he's having the visions. He's seeing Chuck's truth. So I feel like they're going to use this to their benefit. Yes, because Chuck doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know they're having the connection. He does, It's like, um, it's like, how Sam was saying at first he thought they were just nightmares. Then he realized they were not nightmares. That Instead, he's seeing all the different alternative stories that Chuck is writing. And did you notice how Dean is no longer calling him God? He's calling him Chuck. Chuck. Chuck now, no more God. And did Chuck mention the other day, last season, last episode, that he can't see Sam and Dean anymore? Did he say that? You guys in the chat, let me know if he said that. I think um, he did. I think he said that. So he can't see them, but they can see him. So God is coming for them. How do they fight God? And there we are. And that's the end of the episode. It was quite an emotional roller coaster. So many different parallels between the two brothers, between them um, in the first seasons being alone and having to be reliant on each other. I was wondering if Castro was going to pop up, and he did not. But it was a good episode. I mean, Richard always brings his best because he does know the show. And he also knows the fandom. Mm-hmm. And he knows what we need to see, what we want to see in the final season. Marky, and what did you think of the episode as a whole? Even though you died, yes. what yeah. did you think? Uh, it, it really, really was great. I think I mentioned off the top, I don't know if we were online yet, that when you're in these things, you never know really how they're going to turn out. And even though I'm not like a hardcore fan of the show, I really, really enjoyed it. And not just because I was in it. I think I think I knew the gravity of what kind of Lilith and um, what the dreams were going to mean to the storyline of Supernatural. So I think I knew prior to the episode that the fandom was really, really going to enjoy this one, as did I watching it tonight. So, yeah, really, really pleased. And I hope it seemed like, I don't know, Twitter went nuts when Lilith came back. Lilith <laughs> <laughs> was big back when in her season. Well, I see Peter D. Supernatural Whovian in the chat saying that I think the empty is tired of Chuck's shenanigans and death also. Yes. We're all tired of Chuck's shenanigans. I think everyone is. We're all sick of his manipulation. And this is just writing this ending. I think that really upset everyone last week. And now we've got Lilith upsetting everyone this week. So women are back and I cannot wait for Amara to kick some Chuck booty. Yes. So you guys, that was the episode. Let's get into our special segment, which is your favorite kill of the episode. Hmm. Cherry, do you want to start? I'm going to have to go with the girls. Um, Like I said in my Twitter, does it sound like she's okay? When she went out of the tent, did it sound, when you heard, ah, did that sound like she was okay? No. No. Okay. Your favorite I, kill. That was my favorite kill. Okay. My favorite kill was actually you, Markian, <laughs> um, because I love the selflessness of it all. Um, last week, we had the vampire 
sacrifice himself to the boys knowing this. And that always just like pulls at my little heartstrings over here. So yeah. you were my favorite kill, but for the best, for the best reason. Um, did you have a favorite kill of the episode? You can say yourself. Uh, it's okay. And I'm biased on that one. I think it's like, I don't know, when I'm like shooting my brother, that was pretty good. All right. <laughs> yes. You get to shoot someone. Okay. That was a good one. Like that was it. really good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And Cherry's always got our news and gossip for us. Cherry, what news you got for me this week? We have some exciting news. It's the battle of the SPN bands. Okay, it's not the battle. Instead, Dick Jr. and the volunteers, our own Richard Spite, has a band, and he has a debut release party with the Station Breaks. Now, you might say, the Station Breaks? What is that? Well, the Station Breaks consists of Rob Benedict, Chuck, Jason Manis, Bill Moran, and Rob Humphreys, and Cooper Applett. It's going to be... After Thanksgiving, November 26th at the Roxy. Tickets are still available um, in Los Angeles, California. that's here in LA if you're here. Yeah. So I might be spending my Thanksgiving day after with some of my Supernatural boys. Love it. Thank you for that news, Miss Cherry. Um, All right, Marky, let's uh, let's take some time to uh, chat with you about upcoming projects you've got going on. So I always do a little research when we have a guest. So, I want to know why this all started with a porcupine. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Um, nice. And that you were you, your dad wanted you to be a soccer player. That is that. But is you chose acting on my bio. That's great. Um, <laughs> I, I I do the research, y'all. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, okay. So what happened when I was? It was the start. This is how it all happened. I've actually never really told this story to publicly, I think. I think it's just like my family knows it. You're but sharing it with us. Breaking news, guys. Spoiler alert. Here we go. Um, so when I was, I think, about 12 years old, um, I, as a kid, I think, and I think why most actors become actors without ever saying it is because they just love attention <laughs> as, as a kid as a kid that, that like I loved attention so much and and it's uh my downfall but um it when I was in theater school it's like a kids theater program at MTYP I'm from Winnipeg initially so this is Manitoba theater for young people I was in this theater group and we were getting cast to do a play um, that year and of course wanting all the attention I wanted to be the lead in this in this show Uh, and it was a bunch of animals or something and I got stuck with once the casting got posted I got stuck with the porcupine, which was like, you know, <laughs> on 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 the film on the film role will be like number you know twenty on the call sheet. So um, I was so disappointed at that like to the point where like I cried to my mom. I was so mad. Oh. Yeah, because I, I was devastated. Like it was such a small part, and. And and then I was like, all right, I as my twelve year old self talked to myself, I was like, Marking, you gotta get your bootstraps up here, pal. You gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta make do with what you got. And I went up there and I rocked it. Um Rocked the porcupine. I, was, I rocked being a porcupine. I was like the most realistic, committed <laughs> porcupine you've ever seen in your life that a human has done. And 
it, it got the attention of um, my my porcupine role got the attention of the artistic director of the theater at that time. And they were looking for kids for this other uh, professional production in the city for this huge lead part um, at Manitoba Theater Center. And because of that porcupine, I got considered for this lead part at a larger theater and um, got that part eventually. And then wow. it was that. That yeah, it was so because cool. of this role that I did in a play called Over the Tavern at Manitoba Theatre Centre in 2007. That was when I decided I wanted to be an actor because I did that part. And I was like, wow, this is, apart from the attention stuff, uh, I love doing this so much. Oh. And I, So that's that was the domino effect of how I got to, to where I am today and why I do acting was because of this porcupine that led me to all these different opportunities. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Really? That was, that's the that's the porcupine story. That's the porcupine, the porcupine story, you guys. Story. You heard it here first at AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> okay, so um, what projects we uh, we saw that you're doing at Homecoming for the holidays? There's something inside your house and Fifty States of Fright. All that mm. is coming up. Where are we going to be able to see those? Yeah, yeah. Homecoming for the holidays is Hallmark. So um, I'm in two Christmas movies this holiday season. Yay! Uh, yeah. So the. There's one that just came out called Christmas Jars based on the New York Times bestseller um, by Jason Wright. So that one just came out. It was was in theaters for one night only in the States at about 850 theaters across the States. So it's it was. Yeah, it was. uh, I actually drove down to Bellingham to see it from Vancouver (laughs) and I went to. Yeah, it was like a sold out theater. And I was really really taken aback by how many people were there and then really, really liked this movie. So anyway, it's a really, really, both of the movies that I'm in are super, super heartfelt family oriented Christmas kind of classics. So, uh, Christmas jars has been out. Uh, you can then stream it starting December 1st on the BYU TV streaming app. And then mm, there might be other avenues that I don't know of. Homecoming for the holidays comes out December 5th on the Hallmark channel. So tune into that. That also stars, yes. stars Laura Osnes, who played the original Cinderella on Broadway. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she sings in this, she has the voice of an angel. <laughs> so, uh, I think that one's going to be really, really great. Um, for, for Hallmark and all that. Uh, if you like those kinds of Christmas movies, <laughs> that one's going to be right up your alley. And then, um, next year, um, I'm in two, Horror, there's someone, yeah, I consider both of them horror uh, in the genre. So there's someone inside your house. Um, the rumor is it's going to be on Netflix next uh, September. Oh. And yeah, coinciding, they were talking be, just because the um, It franchise and the horror franchise Ooh. is really liking September releases now. Sure. Um, so before uh, Halloween. Halloween. And um, that one is really, really exciting, I think, is going to be enjoyed by a lot a lot of people it's the team behind stranger things who oh, this wow. was their first project out of stranger things nice so they um dan cohen um was the producer one of them that i was in direct he was on set with us um during the filming of that but it's a horror f- uh feature directed by patrick bryce who if you're a fan of the creep movies um, he's the guy that directed Creep. So uh, really, really top-notch horror director. So again, too, talking about in good hands. We were in good hands with him. 
And that one is kind of what I would like to describe as a uh, a, a woke horror movie. Ooh. It's um, it's a bunch of high school uh, kids. Then there's a murderer that goes around the high school and kind of starts picking off people for different reasons. Um, so, like the faculty. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> faculty was good. The faculty. No, with, I didn't see um, faculty. No. What's her name? Um, Fa- Fatima. She was the chicken. I think it was like came out in 2000 or something. Yeah, it's long time ago, but sounds sounds similar to it. So. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say there were 3D printed faces made for this movie. Ooh, that sounds cool. Oof. And did yeah. you film all of this in Vancouver or Canada? Yeah, yeah, that one was filmed here in Vancouver as well. So uh, that one's going to be coming out. So keep a lookout for that. It's going to be a really, really great movie. And uh, there's some gruesome stuff going to go down in that one. And then um, and then you also mentioned 50 States of Fright. Mm-hmm. Um which is, have you guys heard about Quibi down in the States yet? I don't think so. No. So no. Quibi um, is kind of part of the now this race for the streaming service market. Uh-huh. And what Quibi is going to be, they're going to release it because it, ha- it hasn't been created yet, but they're starting to just build up all of their content right now uh, to be released. What Quibi is going to be doing is a streaming service that provides short form content. So mm-hmm. what they do is they release 22 minute episodes in seven increments each. So Ooh. yeah, so it's going to be a lot of stuff coming out and I think it's going to make a big splash down in the states, well across North America next year. Oh, wow. Um and so it's these shorts um and they're trying to really be a curated YouTube, I would describe it as. Mm-hmm. So um YouTube style content but not everybody can upload. It's just going to be Quibi's content sure. on there. Um, and there's a couple people in the chat asking if you're going to be joining the Supernatural Cons. Uh, I don't. Not that I've heard. So. Not that you've heard. But maybe. <laughs> if if there's maybe. enough fan interest, hey, you never know. So <laughs> tweet it. Tweet it. Tweet at the Supernatural tweet, crew. Tweet it. And what was your favorite thing about working on Supernatural? Um, my favorite thing was probably the... I think just working with Jared and Jensen, I think that was just because the show has been around for so long. Um, they're in such a groove. And I think that everybody in that um, crew is in such a groove that when I spoke earlier of like how easy it was with Richard, that's kind of like how everybody made it feel mm-hmm. um, from from the hair and makeup people to the FX um, to uh, Jared and Jensen. And they're kind of like they are rock stars. So <laughs> be, being able to hang out with them for for those days that I was on set and kind of hear all their stories, um, take a look at their incredible watch collection. Um, that <laughs> They have yeah. a watch collection. We I didn't did know that. Know. Fabulous. So you there feel you something else. Did you learn anything from the boys as a young actor? Because they've been around working steadily for like, God, like 20, 20 years. 20 plus years. Um, I don't, I pick up things from everybody that I work mm-hmm. with. And I think it, 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 it was kind of uh, almost <coughs> off-putting to, to have these guys kind of nail it within two takes of every oh. scene. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, you're kind of watching this and you're like, that's really good. And they just did it like this. Um, They've been doing it for 15 years. 
So they're honed into their characters <laughs> for 15 years. I could understand how you as an actor, me as an actress, that's intimidating to see somebody just get it right away. I remember the first movie I did. Y'all can find out what first movie I did, and you can look it up on my IMDb. I'm not going to tell you who said this to me, but I had a scene with her, and she looks at me, and she goes, I'm a one-take wonder, So just so you know. And I was like, oh. Okay. As if I'm not already terrified, this is my first movie I'm shooting. This is scary. It took her 15 times to get the scene right. Oh. And I had my stuff nailed every time. So I was like, I'm just going to not ever do that. To another actor when I'm working because that was just like that was very hor- intimidating. Yes. To say to someone. So, sorry. Continue. No, no. That's but that's that's the thing is these guys are kind of actual one take wonders. Um, so I think if you, if I learn something, it's kind of watching how they got dialed in that quickly, and and how they did that and the way they just kind of prepped and got right into it. And you know, that of course comes with experience, but, but as a young actor kind of seeing that you can get into that place and into that groove is a, is a good thing to know. Super awesome. Well, you guys, we are going to skip our predictions because we've, we've chatted Markian's ear off and it's, although he's in Vancouver and it's only 1117, it's a late night for all of us. <laughs> so Markian, where can everyone find you, um, your Instagram, Twitter, all that social media handle stuff? All my handles are at Mark Taras, M-A-R-K-T-A-R-A-S. So give me a follow. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. Cherry, where can everyone find you? Cherry underscore L-A. Love you, everybody. And this is Lindsay here. You guys can find me on all things social media at Lindsay Wagner. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-W-E-G-N-E-R. Marky, and we want to thank you so much for Skyping in with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Tweet us. Let us know your predictions for next week, and we'll see you then. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 